Welcome to the Binge Breakers Podcast. I'm Jacqueline. I am here to teach you how I overcame bulimia and my binge eating disorder, and how you can too. Through simple steps of mind management, repairing your relationship with yourself, understanding your habits, and intuitive eating. Hey everyone, welcome back to the podcast. I hope you guys are doing well, first of all, and everything's fine in your life. Uh, I just had a nice weekend and I also have been coaching a lot of clients recently, and that is amazing. So grateful. We just started the group coaching in our course. We did that last week for the first time, and um, it was really cool. It was an interesting experience. There were only there wasn't like tons of people that showed up for it because group coaching is kind of new, I guess, to the course, first of all. And I think group coaching is a scary concept for a lot of people because coaching about anything in front of other people, it's hard. It's hard to put your shit out there basically, you know, and have everyone be on display, you know, and talk about it. But the people that showed up, I just want to, and you know who you are, if you're listening, just congratulations for being there, showing up, being vulnerable. I know that that's hard, but people will learn from that, that from what you got coached on. And also just you showing up like that is you taking more um, initiative to own what's going on with you. And I just thought it's just so brave what you did. And also I was nervous. So it was my first time group coaching. I don't know why I was nervous in particular, but it's different. It's a different thing than coaching one-on-one. You're being coached from other people. So my fear was like, don't say something stupid, <laughs> which is always my biggest fear. I don't know about you guys, but whenever I, I have, you know, the social anxiety, anytime I get on a phone call with anyone, it isn't my immediate circle of friends. I just get anxious. And I think the underlying fear is they're going to somehow figure out that I'm an idiot. That's my social anxiety. <laughs> and it's just ridiculous, right? Like I'm not, and we all just, we all are our worst enemy. So there's that, but group coaching is in the course. So if you've been thinking about joining the Binge Breakers Recovery course, definitely go check it out. There's group coaching, there's new modules, there's, I'm adding, and everything that I learned from coaching people, I'm trying to add into the course bit by bit. So it's all super exciting, loving that. Um, but the episode I wanted to make today was dedicated mainly to my clients and, you know, the fight that they're fighting. I was listening to a podcast this morning. I was listening to the Dear Body podcast, which was recommended to me by a client. So shout out to her for recommending that to me. It's a really good podcast. Um, but I was listening to an episode 106 in particular called Body Image Resilience with Dr. Lindsay Kite. And actually today I'm not talking about body image, but a really good episode if you're struggling with body image, that could be something to look into. But they mentioned a phrase saying fighting the good fight. And they also talk about resilience and not arriving at any certain location and that accepting your body is a process, right? And body neutrality and continually working on not seeing your body only for what what it looks like, but the whole picture of who you are in your body, um, is a continually working in prop work in progress. And so I was thinking about that in terms of recovery and bulimia recovery and my clients and the process that they go with through with me. And I just wanted to dedicate this podcast to the pain that some of them are going through and, um, how hard recovery can be and that it's a real thing. And they're not the only ones in you out there who's going through your own recovery, kind of what to expect and the realities of recovery and, um, that it's not linear. So I think the biggest 
preconceived false notion about recovery. And we do this with so many things in life is that we think it's just going to be a simple one shot straight thing that once we get it, we, we understand things, it's going to be a little bit of a hiccup, but then recovery is just going to go up and up and up. And we're just going to like stop binging one day and it's going to be fine. And it is all, all sunshine and daisies and rainbows. But a big thing that my clients see, and I've noticed this too in my own life, is that sometimes when you stop binging and you stop using food as such a crutch in your life or your emotions, you suddenly feel, um, you suddenly feel like the biggest over underlying feeling people have is like frustration and disappointment. Because when you stop using food, right, and binging and you stop numbing out those emotions, you kind of are opened up to the reality of what your life may be in that very second. And you stop numbing those emotions. And sometimes those emotions aren't good. Um, I was talking to one client. She just went her first, um, you know, day binge, binge and purge free in over 10 years. And she said the underlying feelings that were there while I was less stressed, more focused and have more time, like way more time for things. I felt kind of bored <laughs> and it's true, like, right. Cause food provides such an entertainment for you and bulimia can be such a distraction, right. Thinking about recovery or thinking about when you're going to binge and purge or thinking about the secret of it, holding these things together. And, um, just the chatter that goes on with bulimia. Uh, it can provide such an entertainment in a weird, weird way. It's not what you would choose to be entertained by, but the drama of it all can be really enticing and really take you away from the boredom of your life because um, your life doesn't seem all that boring when you have this big thing in it that's you know constantly sucking the fun out of it. So bulimia becomes this really big distraction. And in recovery, not only is it ups and downs, but there can be this these really harsh feelings of boredom, disappointment, and um, sadness. Like I talked about last week, you can miss bulimia because of this reason, but also it's not linear. So sometimes you can be going really well, going really good, and then all of a sudden fall back into it. And this is because of a lot of reasons, but I think the biggest indicator of someone who's going to recover versus someone who's not is their ability to pick it back up, pick themselves back up and, um, continue going on. And I messaged to my clients last week and I said, it brings some honey badger energy. And if you guys don't know what the honey badger video is, go look up on YouTube, the honey badger. And I'm pretty sure the first video that will come up is like honey badger, don't care. Honey badger gets right back up. But anyway, you got to bring that type of energy that honey badgers have. They're just so resilient um, in recovery. And that's what where it gets really hard is when things don't feel easy. And that's when you need to keep on going and continue. And um, the people that kind of use this failures, use them binging and purging when they're like two months in or something, meaning that they aren't capable of recovery or them missing bulimia or them feeling boredom, disappointment, or them not sure entirely of what they want to do. They take all those things and they mean that that means they're not going to recover. But if you can get back up, that's when the magic really starts happening. But you have to be willing to go through that frustration and failure and ups and downs. And I think we want to find, uh, we want recovery to be simple because that's what we do with a lot of things. Our brains love to simplify things. It's just how we're built probably to conserve memory, right? Like we only have, we're not an infinite hard drive. We forget things, right? And we forget uh, non-important, non-essential things. We don't use it, you lose it. So it's really easy to put recovery in a simple box and think I'm just going to stop one day and that'll be that. And a lot of people refer to it as the like 
just one day I'm hoping things will click. Even me, I feel like I shared this unfairly. And I, in my first episode, I think I said, I was able to stop binging and purging within a month. And that is true. Once I figured out the pause method and I was already kind of done with bulimia and I thought like, this is just a habit. I don't even really like it. This sucks. And I like myself. I just want to be done with bulimia. Then I was able to have this moment of aha and um, kind of this one click moment inspiration that I hear a lot of clients, they, they kind of want that to happen to them where I was like, I don't need this anymore. And I was able to recover. Once I put that pause thing into practice, I was able to stop binging and purging within a month. But what that story doesn't really refer to is all the times I tried to recover before so many days. I mean, every day really. And and when I was bulimic, I wanted to recover and that might not be true for you. And it's even though, I mean, maybe some days I just didn't care, but most of the time when I was doing the things I was doing, I wanted it to be over. I wanted it to be done. And I would try every day and I would wake up every day thinking, maybe today will be different. Maybe I won't do the things that I always say I'm not going to do. And um, then I would fall flat on my face. But it wasn't until I had all those accumulative failures, accumulative, and I call it kind of the accumulative click moment. Yeah, there was that one moment in my recovery. I remember so clearly was I like, I get it. I get that if I pause and I really make room for a decision and I really ask myself, do you want to binge? is this what you need? Or do you actually need to just feel your emotions? And I learned how to feel my emotions rather than binge. That was when I was like, I freaking get it. And I freaking get that I don't have to binge. And the more I keep pausing, the more that this habit will fade and the more I can get there. And I'm actually, I can taste it. It's close, but it wouldn't have happened if I had tried to pause year a year before that because I hadn't done the work on me I hadn't done the work on loving myself regardless I haven't done I hadn't done the work also on practicing neutrality neutrality around binging and purging which is kind of a weird thing to say but um I see most people slip up in recovery when they binge and purge and then they beat the crap out of themselves and they make it mean so much more than what it is I'd say this I've said this multiple times but I tried to look at binging and purging as if I had just drank a Diet Coke or something, not that Diet Cokes are evil, but you know, some people don't like doing that. Or I had just smoked a cigarette. It's not the most healthy thing in the world, especially the cigarette. Like it's not the most healthy thing in the world. You don't really want to continue doing it, but I didn't treat it as shameful as as a shameful experience. And I think uh, Kristen Elliott, she was on my podcast recently. And she talked about this moment where she just kind of gave into her eating disorder and she just did binge and purge. And then while she's not recommending that, she was just like, I would tell myself if I want this, then there must be a reason. So let's continue doing this. Let's continually practice the saying it's okay and practice mindfulness during those moments. And that is where the real magic does happen is when you start getting curious about why you're binging and purging. When you binge and purge, instead of saying, I'm such a failure, this, I can't recover. This means I can't recover. This is proof. And you just, you start to say things like, I just can't help it, or it just happened and you don't have any curiosity about the situation at all, then that is when recovery starts to get less and less likely. You have to pick yourself back up. You have to be in it for the good fight as um, the podcast I listened to this morning reference. You have to be in it for the good fight and you have to continue being expectant of that fight. And a lot of people, myself included sometimes, especially if I haven't slept properly and I'm having a bad week. I just don't want to work hard. Right. And 
I'm not saying recovery all the time has to be hard work and it gets easier and easier and easier, but it is a challenge sometimes. And I think being vigilant and planning for that is so, so important and being expectant of that. Um, And there's another thing that I'd like to be really honest about is that I have mentioned before in the podcast that uh, I have clients where they start working with me and they get it right away. They just like, they have that click moment too. I have some clients that they sign up to work with me and then they stop binging and purging before working with me. Maybe it's because of the financial commitment. Maybe it's because they have been listening to my podcast. And they're finally taking, like, they're finally like, I'm ready. And then that is enough for them to stop binging and purging. And then we work together on body image and food and other stuff and like not going back to it. But I have, I have those clients, but not all of my clients are like that. They're the clients that get it right away in terms of binging and purging. And then we work on other stuff just because you stop binging and purging does not mean you're perfect and neither am I. But I also have clients who they fight for a while with it. They just fight, not with me, but like with binging and purging, it's a struggle. And they have like, it's not until month two or the third month of working together that they really are like, I think I got the pause. I think I'm able to do it. It's and they get a consistent streak going. And then we work on them going on with their life and just being in recovery. And then I do have some clients that work with me and then they just decide it's not for me. It's not working. I'm going to move on to something else. Or maybe they need more advanced treatment. I had a few clients talk to me recently and their clients that are maybe haven't um, stopped binging and purging yet and are still working with me. And, and they're like, I heard, you know, you talked about other clients that they, I feel like I'm broken because your other clients can do it. Why can't I? And I'm like, yeah, some clients, some people can, but you're different and you're not the only one. So recovery, stop comparing your recovery to other people, I guess is what I'm trying to say. First of all, stop trying to make it mean that because someone else did it this way, your recovery journey is uniquely your own. And that is the way it is for everything in life. You learn things in a completely different way than other people. Yeah, there are similarities, similarities and stories. That's why you can listen to this podcast and resonate with a lot of it because my story is similar to yours in a lot of ways, but you do learn things differently and different things work for you. The only thing that a failure means I posted this on my story the other day on Instagram. The only thing that a fairly failure means is that either something, something that you're doing isn't working and it just means that you need to fix that thing. Right. And that's why um, looking at recovery and looking at binging and purging as neutral as possible and looking at it almost as data and being curious about why you binged and purged, being curious about what happened. And then testing out a theory. And then if that doesn't work, going back to the drawing board and thinking, okay, what else could I have done? Could I have been more mindful? Did I pause? Why or why didn't I pause? That's always a huge question. A lot of times people just don't want to pause because they know that if they pause, they will not binge because if they actually take a second to pause and give themselves time to think, do I really want to do this? They think, no, I actually do want to do this. I'm going to keep on going. Did you say things to yourself during that moment? Like, I can't control it. I just have to do this. Binging and purging will be better. A lot of times in recovery, we go through the thoughts that you think before binging and purging. um, And a lot of times it's like, it's convincing thoughts that get you to binge and purge. It's convincing thoughts of like, 
you're, you know, you're bloated. So we need to get rid of that when really that doesn't logically make sense. Or, um, you know, you ate too much food. So we need, or you already overate. So we might as well binge and purge to get rid of that food. But it's like, no, you're making the situation worse and compounding. And you could just sit with the consequences of, you know, even the not so bad consequences of overeating, but people, they make up so many stories in their head. And a lot of the biggest story too, is like, I need binging and purging to de-stress. I just can't handle the feelings right now, or I have no control. I just have to do this. Urges won't go away without binging and purging. Those are huge things people say to themselves. And another client who, um, she, she told me, um, one time something really interesting, she's had an experience where she sat on an urge and that's when she realized my circumstances were still the same after the urge had passed to binge and purge. I still felt bloated. I still felt anxious, but the urge to binge had gone. So I realized my circumstances did not have to change for the urge to go away. So, so many of the excuses we tell ourselves in the moment aren't actually true. And that's something to look out for in recovery. But I feel like I got off on a tangent. But the main thing of what I'm trying to say in this whole podcast is that recovery isn't linear. So many different things go into it. And if you feel like you're continually trying and failing, you're kind of doing it right. And you just need to take a look at what's going on in your failures and be curious about your failures and be compassionate with yourself. You're not an evil human being because you have bulimia and you're not crazy because you have bulimia. You just have a habit and you just have some, some sort of things going on that you need to take a closer look at. Um, and it could be a multitude of factors and it's different for multiple people. Some people see food as like a relief from stress. Some people think it, think of it as a control thing. You have to get into your own cycle of binging and purging, what those urges are, be in tune with yourself, ask yourself why you can't pause or why the pause maybe isn't working. Ask yourself these things and keep looking, especially if you've maybe you've been listening to this podcast for a while. And this is, um, you know, not, I guess, in my best business interest, but um, because I would love for you to, you know, continue listening to the podcast and uh, join the course and be a client, all those things. But if what I'm saying isn't resonating with you, or you've tried it a lot, go look at other people and see what they're doing. Right. And it's, it's not that what I say doesn't work. It worked for me. It's worked for many clients, many course members, but if it's not resonating with you, maybe you need someone else to give you a different message, or maybe there's some other key that someone else has that I don't have yet, or that I just won't, that doesn't ever, hasn't ever worked with me. You have a different brain than my brain. So maybe there's a little something like a little other puzzle piece you can find that would really resonate with you. Um, but don't just use only one information to inspire you listen to different podcasts, listen to different inspiration. And also, um, focus on other things that aren't recovery related. A lot of my inspiration comes from things that aren't necessarily about bulimia and look at the way different people are thinking, right. And look at maybe just neuroscience in general, or look at, um, people talking about health and wellness look at um, study habits and see if any of that can be applied to bulimia recovery or just learn other things. You'd be surprised what correlations your brain makes with um, different, uh, different subjects and how it can be applied to many areas in your life. And that can be so helpful for giving you a boost. Also in recovery, part of the reason that it's exhausting is that you're constantly thinking about it. This happens in weight loss too. People try to lose weight and then the weight loss consumes them and they only obsess over the numbers and the food that they're eating. And then it becomes this big thing and then it crashes and burns. Recovery can be the same thing. And that's why I recommend people, they 
obviously take time to be vigilant about recovery. They plan accordingly. They think about it. They prioritize it. But I also strongly recommend that everyone listen to um, different things, have different interests in their life, spend at least an hour a day not thinking about bulimia, not thinking about recovery, just totally diverting your energy into something that's completely fun and passionate for you that has nothing to do with this because recovery and the struggle of recovery can become a way of life. And I don't want that to happen to you. And it's, I've totally been tricked into it. That drama for, you know, bulimia and the drama of not being able to recover becomes your main um, thing that you're prioritizing in life. And your life is so much bigger than this recovery and bulimia. There's so many more things available to you. Um, there were so many more things available to me that I just couldn't see that I just couldn't, I didn't have time for. And I think the final thought that I will leave you, leave you with maybe that hopefully, hopefully this resonates with you, uh, is that recovery and living a life without bulimia, while it is hard, is a different type of exhaustion. And I think the biggest misconception about, bulimia recovery is that things will be peaches and daisies and roses um, when you are recovered. Everything's going to be so much better on the other side. And in some ways it is. I'm not going to lie and say that, oh, you know, it's the way you are with bulimia. It's totally the same amount of difficulty when you aren't bulimic. It's so much easier not having to deal with urges constantly to binge and perch. And it's so much easier to not to live a life where you're not completely consumed with thinking about um, with food and being like scared to eat and being scared to experience hunger and being obsessed with eating, but hating it at the same time. There's so many things about recovery that makes it so much easier. And you have, you know, less stress because of bulimia in a way, at least you don't have stress coming from bulimia and food, but you also have more time because you're not constantly thinking about bulimia and food. And a lot of the skills that you learn in recovery, especially in what I teach is to feel your emotions, manage your urges. You can apply that to different things like procrastination and getting work done, getting things done that you don't want to do. It's the same thing. You manage urges, manage your feelings and get it done. But um, recovery really is just, uh, when you're living a life that is recovered, it's just a different form of challenges and a different form of exhaustion. And I think it's an easier exhaustion than what bulimia is, but I still have problems in my own life and I still don't, you know, do everything that I'm supposed to do. And I still have struggles and I still like life isn't perfect. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to say. And also sometimes it's exhausting to choose the right thing. It's exhausting sometimes to be fighting the good fight of not treating yourself like shit. And, um, sometimes, you know, picking yourself back up when you're down, picking yourself back up over failure when it comes to failure, not going to that default mode of I'm so worthless. I just can't get it done. It's kind of easier not to fight those things. It's easier just to let your brain go on default and easier for your brain to just think, yeah, you failed because you can't do it. So let's not even try. That's the thing. Like failure is hard because it means that we need to look at the situation. We actually need to use our brains and um, think, use our higher power of thinking to think through, okay, what happened? It's exhausting in its own way. It is totally easier in one sense to just give into urges, binge and purge and be done with it. You don't have to fight them. You don't have to struggle with it. You don't have to think about what am I going to do? You just live with it and you just accept it. Right. And that comes with a whole host of other exhaustion and the exhaustion of not doing what you want to do, the exhaustion and constant drama, the health consequences, all that stress, but also fighting your natural urges or fighting the habit that you've built 
that is also hard. It's exhausting. And that's something that I think people in recovery, they don't necessarily, they're like, what, what the hell? Like I'm not binging and purging anymore. I'm exhausted by trying to recover. And, um, while it won't last forever, it is a thing that happens. So if you're in that exhaustion thing, I think it's much more worthwhile to be exhausted by finding your brain for a higher purpose than it is to be, uh, you know, just letting your brain function on autopilot. If you're letting your brain function on autopilot, well, it can be easier in the moment. It's that comfort zone and it's that form of never growing. And it's that form of never knowing, um, you want to continue pushing yourself. I would much rather be exhausted by um, the life that I'm living now than the life that I was living with bulimia. Uh, It's night and day. I am exhausted by different things. I'm exhausted by sometimes not wanting to do the work, not recording a podcast or exhausted sometimes by just making the right choices. Like, So I think the main point of hopefully this podcast episode that I'm trying to get across is that recovery is hard and that not all journeys are the same. And also if you are, have been trying for a while and you feel like you've been unsuccessful, I'd first like you to look back and see how you've changed and try to really look at it with a positive lens or just say objective lens. Uh, There's such a thing as being like overly positive, right? But if you can look back at it in an objective lens and think, what have I learned by trying to recover? And what do I feel like has improved in my life because I am trying to recover? I'm sure if you're trying to be really critical and honest with yourself and not just be a negative Nancy, I'm sure that you've learned things by trying to recover. And I'm sure there are a lot more positive things that have been happening since trying to recover. And it might be hard and it might be exhausting and there might be things that you're not liking, but I'm sure that there are some positive outcomes for that. So first try to look at it as objectively as possible. Try to think through, okay, what has been improving? And then try to be curious about it. Okay. I'm recovering. I'm trying to do this. I've been doing these things. What's working and what's not working? What do I need to change? What could be a little bit different? What do I keep consistently doing that I'm like, oh, why do I keep doing that? What could I try now? What next? Try to just change that one failure variable and see, experiment with it. I'm not kidding when I say try to look at recovery as if it is just a science experiment, right? In in science class in the seventh grade, you know, you change or high school, you change one thing at a time, right? That's in um, actually in experiments, they don't just change a whole bunch of shit all at once, right? That would be chaos. They change one variable at a time so they can know if that variable makes a difference or not. And then sometimes they have to try it over and over again. Sometimes a variable works, sometimes it doesn't work, all these things. So if you can look at it like that and know that failure and recovering, being exhausted and being in failure in recovery is part of the normal process and that nothing has gone wrong. If you can look at when you fail and think nothing has gone wrong, it's just that something happened that I didn't necessarily, like an outcome happened that I didn't necessarily want. So what can I change next? That's when recovery becomes so much less, like the failures become so much less about you and how much of a failure or not failure you are. And just much more about, okay, what can we change? What do we need to do next? It's okay. And that's why having a coach sometimes can be so helpful because not only is it that accountability, but also I can look at the situation much more objectively than you can sometimes because I'm not in it. Right. And I've been there, but I'm more on the other side of it. So I can be like, let's look at this neutrally. What actually happened? 
especially sometimes clients will come to me and they're like, I had an awful weekend. Um, I'm, it's just going horribly so bad. And then I'm like, what actually happened? And they're like, well, I binged and purged on Saturday. And then the rest of it was fine. And it's like, what, what are you talking about? It's just like one binge. Let's, let's go through what actually happened then. So recovery is exhausting. Recovery is hard. Um, it's not always smooth sailing, but just because you're not smooth sailing, sailing, maybe you're in the hurricane, maybe you're in the storm right now. That doesn't necessarily mean that it's not possible for you or that it's not going correctly. What if the struggle that you're going having right now is exactly what's supposed to be happening. And that is something that has really helped my life too, is just realizing that what's happening right now, when I start thinking this shouldn't be happening, this, I should be somewhere else or this should be better. That really messes me up. And that causes me so much more unnecessary pain because it's denying reality and it's fighting with my reality and it's having a resistance to what's really happening. And why that's really futile is because you can't change reality. If it's happening, it is freaking happening. There's no question about it. It's going on. The only thing you can do is look at the reality and say, okay, what do I want to do in the future to potentially make that not happen again? You can't change what's literally happening right now. What's done is done, right? What's happening is happening. So it makes no sense. And it causes you so much more pain when you're resistant to that reality, when you're resistant to no, this shouldn't be a struggle. No, I should have it already figured out. No, this can't be happening. That's when so much pain happens. And that's when you make it 10 times worse. Um, because not only do you not like the reality, but then you're also resisting it. And you're just spending time arguing with something that really is like, how does that feel? It doesn't ever feel good. Um, I spent a lot of my life, especially in bulimia, arguing with reality. And I still totally do that today to this day, especially when I don't feel happy, <laughs> which is kind of funny when I feel more just like apathetic, which happens to me a lot. Um, I think I shouldn't be feeling apathetic. I should be happy because my life is perfectly fine. There's no reason that I shouldn't, that I shouldn't be happy. And then that makes it 10 times worse. And it makes me think I'm ungrateful or there's something wrong with me. But really I was just feeling apathetic and I could just move on from that or just be okay with not necessarily caring sometimes. And that's part of the normal human experience. So Stop making recovery that it's a struggle mean and that you're like really struggling right now means something horrible about yourself or mean that it's not working. Just try to be objective. Try to go back and think, okay, what can I do differently? What's going on? Be curious, compassionate, and have that perseverance. I promise you that it's worth it. I promise you also that if you're struggling, you're not the only one. I have clients that are you know, great on the binging and purging, but then they're, you know, struggling more with food or maybe wanting to go back to bulimia, those sort of things. I have clients that are just still struggling with binging and purging. And it's not that they are less so or not getting it or something like that. It's just that they're on their own journey and they need more pieces of information. They need to test more things out and they need to keep getting back up when they fail. And that is something that is always going to be the fight of your life is failing and then getting yourself back up, failing, getting yourself back up. And it will come up in other ways, not just bulimia. Right now, for me, it's coming up in my business, you know, like testing things out, trying it again, testing things out, trying it again. Okay. I think that I rambled long enough. I am excited for this month. It's March now. Um, 
And I'm hoping to put out some of the good podcasts in the future. This one's more um, just about recovery. And it's for that person out there that's struggling, that feels like something's wrong. I promise you, you're doing it totally right. Please try to look at things as objectively as you can. Try to, when you, especially if you find yourself dramatizing your recovery and you find yourself being in this sorrow, woe is me, dramatic state, try to, if you were to write a story about what's happening, what you're so upset about, as if you're writing a scientific journal, you would make it much more factual and neutral about what's happening. If you've ever read studies before, they're so, so dry because they're trying to be as objective as possible and be very factual and circumstantial. They're like, here are the circumstances. This is what we tested. This is what happened. There's nothing, there's usually nothing in the in a scientific journal or study about, we were so excited when we saw such and such results. They just say, this was the result. This is proven. The correlation between these things seems to suggest that this happens when we put these two things together or people are shown in these studies when they do these things that they have less results here. Like it's so boring and dry, but we are so dramatic when we talk about our own lives. So you could talk about your recovery in a really boring and dry light and be curious about different results that you could possibly get. I promise you that the recovery might be a bit better, but also know that it's just part of recovery. It's promised you that it's worth it, but it is a struggle. And that doesn't mean that anything's wrong. It just means that you are fighting the good fight, my friend, and that you are trying and you're showing up. And if you feel like you're like, man, I am exhausted, probably means that you are working really hard. And while I'm not suggesting you be exhausted all the time, I'm also suggesting that that means you are putting in effort, right? And maybe take a look at why you're exhausted all the time, but it does mean that you're trying and it does mean that you should be really proud of the fact that you're here. You should be proud of the fact that you're listening to this right now and showing up for yourself, trying to fill your head with inspiring information about recovery, all those sorts of things. So to you out there that is struggling, my heart goes out to you in particular because I know what it's like. I'm begging you not to give up and I'm begging you to find help in whatever capacity you can. And I'm begging you to keep fighting for you. You're worth it. And your life is made for so much more than this. So please keep fighting. All right. I will talk to you in the next episode. Bye. Hey, if you like this episode, you have to come check out the Binge Breakers Recovery Course. If you're trying to recover from bulimia and you're sick of doing it alone and you feel like you've tried a lot of traditional therapies and it's not working with you, come join the course. Go to bingebreakers.com slash recovery dash course.